The U.S. is dangerously close to being pulled into a Middle East war. All foreign nations that house the Euphrates River are involved either with the United States or the current Israel-Hamas conflict. Is this the start of World War III? Well, we'll analyze this question while taking your calls on this open line edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on The End Time Show. Wow, am I happy to be sitting here with you uh, on this open line edition today. Uh, you guys know, most of you have already heard our story about being stuck in Israel during the time of a state of war over the last couple weeks. We got back last Sunday and I was on the air Monday and Tuesday. Vince, took Wednesday, Vince and Doug took Wednesday and Thursday. And then today I can be a little bit freer uh, to talk with you since it's an open line session. And so we're going to get into some of these things today according to Bible prophecy. And we'll be taking your calls. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. And you know, I'm suffering still from a little bit of jet lag. If you've ever been overseas, what I really need is some first cup coffee. You know, first cup coffee, they're not a, they're not a woke uh, company. They haven't tried to rewrite our history or lobbied for, uh, to defund our military. And I like supporting people like that. They're a Christian-owned Patriot coffee company, and they're out of Texas, which makes it better. And they've got 11 different roasts. It's pretty cool because they've named them after uh, pieces of American history. And they actually ship within days of being roasted. So it's not going to sit on the shelf for two or three years and then you get it like that. It's a lot better. And so if you'd like to help support End Time, go buy some First Cup coffee. Go to firstcup.com, use the End Time code and get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll give you another 10% and then off. And then go to firstcup.com and use the End Time code to get that 10% off today. Also, I'd like to announce that I will be in Mattoon, Illinois next weekend. This would be um, Saturday, October 28th and 29th. We'll be at the Apostolic Center, 205 County, Road, uh, County Club Road, Mattoon, Illinois. Saturday, I'll be doing a podcast, I think around 1130 from there, 6 p.m. I'll be teaching the new Understanding the End Time series on Sunday morning. Uh, this would be October the 29th at 9.45. We'll be talking about um, Breaking Prophecy News. And then Sunday evening, I didn't do this the last time I was there. I think I was there a couple years ago. Sunday evening, I will be preaching. And so many of you may not have ever in that whole area. I know I got people coming from Michigan and all over the place to come to that conference. But many of you may have never just heard me preach just outright. So... Uh, looking forward to that. I'm asking God to anoint me, anoint the service, that God would really move on people's hearts. And if you'd like to, you could plan on um, joining us on Sunday evening as well. So it's going to be a great weekend of prophecy and preaching and great altar calls, great services. And so looking forward to next weekend. And so um, 
When we talk about this Middle East scenario that's going on, if you understand Bible prophecy, if I didn't understand Bible prophecy, then we would be looking to our intellect on how to solve this, right? What can we offer uh, Hamas? What can we offer Iran to stop uh, funding Hamas and Hezbollah? I mean, we were looking for political maneuvers. But when I understand Bible prophecy, I'm looking at, could this be World War III? Because the Bible says, Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates for to kill a third part of mankind. And all four nations, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran, are all involved either within shooting drones at um, United States, um, our United States military there, either in Iraq and Syria, or Turkey supporting Hamas, Iran supporting Hamas. They're all involved in all of this in one way or another. And so I'm looking at this as, and that's the big question we really need to ask ourselves, is this the beginning of World War III? It certainly could be, especially if the United States goes in and gets involved, and then if we were to, let's say, attack Iran, and this is speculation, I don't know if they will or not, but if we were to go attack Iran, and then the United, uh, then Russia and China comes in on behalf of Iran, then you're talking about World War III tomorrow morning. And so I don't want it to happen, but I know it's one of the next events to be fulfilled on God's prophetic timeline. So, certainly something we need to be looking at, right? So, I want to go um, straight to the phones. Today's your day. Let's go to Joe in New York, and then when we get done, we'll get back into some more prophecy here. God bless Joe. Welcome to the End Time Show. God bless you, Dave. How are you feeling today, man? I feel wonderful. I'm still suffering for a little bit of jet lag, but the coffee's helping me out. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm having coffee right now, too. Yeah, yeah. But listen, I, I, I'm not going to go into a lot of things. Yes, sir. The most important thing in my heart to say to you, Dave, I am so proud of you that you stood as a man of God when you, when you broadcast from Israel and the fact that you, you, you stood strong. You stood strong, and I thank you. I am so proud of you. You are a shining example of a man that loves God, that's going to stand strong. We know we're fighting evil forces. Yes, and, I, again, all I could do is thank you. And uh, I have seen you mature so much over the last seven or eight years. I thank God for you as my brother. And I, I love you guys. You are my family, yes. Doug, Vince, everybody there. I just love you to death. And that's the Holy Spirit forming us as God's family. Yes, and I, that's why I called in, is yes, just sir. to thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, I do thank you, Joe. And um, what a compliment for you to call me a godly man. Uh, I, I aspire to be that. I'm seeking God's face. I want to be spirit-led. And I, I tell you, Joe, I could really feel the presence of God when we were in Israel. It was kind of a taste of what the beginning of the Great Tribulation would be like and some different things that I can see happening down the pike. It has changed my perspective on life, changed my perspective on my evangelistic efforts, and many different things in my life changed when those missiles started firing off and could have hit any one of us. And all of the groups were going crazy and trying to get up out of Israel. 
And I felt like God would really have us keep our group together, keep them safe, and then we um, stay till the end and get our, you know, we, we stayed almost two weeks there and God really blessed our group. We became a, a close-knit family. And so I'm, I'm certainly happy to be here. I hated to leave my great friends in Israel, but uh, we will certainly be back there on future trips and all the college and everything we're gonna do in the end time, but wow. Uh, thank you, Joe, very much. God bless you. Great to hear your voice on this side of what we went through over there in Israel, but God was certainly with us. It's of utmost importance. I understand the prophecies of the Bible. This is, when I say the prophecies of the Bible set my mind at ease on a lot of this stuff, I know, I'm sitting there in Jerusalem when this stuff kicked off. We were actually down on Mount Masada, but we came back to our hotel in Jerusalem, and I know that Israel and Jerusalem are gonna be here all the way to the end. So I'm sitting there thinking, you know, there, uh, one of these missiles may get through and hit somewhere, but Jerusalem's not gonna be destroyed. Israel's not gonna be destroyed. And so it gave me an element of safety, even though, yes, the sirens were going off and some horrific things, some demonic things were happening in the south, it still gave me an element of peace to know Bible prophecy because I know how these things play out. I may not know every little different um, nuance to every part of the war. Or, uh, nobody really does. However, I know how things end up and that gave me an element of peace. And plus, God had his hands upon us the entire way. So, uh, God bless you, Joe. And um, thank you for the call. Really quick, before we get back to the calls, and I'll go straight back to you after this, I've got to mention Birch Gold. Because, you know, even, even while the war is going on, things are still happening. All the rest of the prophecies didn't stop. And so, the globalists are still looking to impose... Um, digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. And that would even allow, uh, it could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or um, easily freeze and seize part of your, or all of your money. So in essence, they would enable governments to take control of your finances. And you know, there are concerned Americans, myself included in that, that are diversifying their assets, some of them into physical gold, uh, and many of them are doing that with the help of, help of Birch Gold. And if you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, then you can go to birchgold.com forward slash end time to get your, uh, it's, it's a free kit that explains all of this. Uh, it's a kit on gold. A lot of people would like to go to gold, but they really don't understand, what do I do? Well, Birch Gold will help you out with that. If you have an, a, uh, an IRA with a 401k from a previous employer, just sitting there collecting dust. Um, well, Birch Gold can help you convert that into an IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. And many of people are wanting to do that. And then of course, um, what you need to do, go to birchgold.com forward slash end time, claim your free info kit on gold because if digital currency becomes a reality for all, you may wish that you had some gold to fall back on, some hard assets. And so um, go check it out. It's a free kit. Do your research. Do what's best for your family. Okay, straight back to the phones. Let's go to, now, is this the Michaela that went with us on our trip to Israel from New Hampshire? Yes, it is. Michaela, how are you, doing, how are you my <laughs> friend? Good to talk to you I'm again. I'm well. I, I'm good. I, I feel like you're I part of my family. Want. 
Yeah, definitely. That's mm-hmm. honestly the hardest part since we left Israel is everyone's been saying how homesick they are for right. each other and going back to Israel. Yeah. So, We've got a lot yeah. of people that would go in the spring if we went back, but I don't know if we're going to be able to do that or not. We'll see. Yeah, I'd be one of those people if I could, honestly. We'll see how everything plays yeah. out and then go from there. So what can I help yeah. you with today, Michaela? All righty. So I had a question um, about... So you know how Jesus and Paul sometimes, while addressing the Christian church of that time, yes. uh, they sometimes mid-sentence uh, would jump uh, to the church of our day? Yes. What are some signs that we can discern that that's ha- happening in the Scripture? Okay, so let me see if I can take you to a for instance. So if you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'll give one for instance for the sake of time here. The Apostle Paul says... Um, Men and brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly the coming of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. He says so, um, but then he says, but you, brethren. So he's talking to them right there. They didn't understand the writings of Daniel, many different prophecies. They didn't understand the modern nations in the Bible. And they didn't understand about the Antichrist, the Great Tribulation. They didn't didn't really understand a lot of that stuff. So when... um, He's talking to them. You guys have no need that I write unto you. Yourselves know the coming of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. However, then he says, but you, brethren. So he goes from talking to them. He's speaking to them, but he's talking to us. And he says, but you, brethren, are not children of the night that that day would take you unawares. You're children of the day. So watch and be sober. So he goes from talking to them to talking to us. He does a 2,000-year leap right in one verse. And when you understand those leaps in Scripture, it really helps you to understand what the apostles and Jesus were talking about. Jesus did it in Matthew 24, but let's talk about Apostle Paul here. So what signs could we look to to see that were happening right now? Well, many of them, especially the modern nations in the Bible. In Daniel chapter 7, he prophesied about a lion with eagle's wings, a bear, a four-headed leopard, and a ten-horned beast. And he said these beasts would sim- these beasts symbolize kingdoms or nations and the leader of those nations and that they would exist at the time when the Ancient of Days or Jesus Christ comes to establish His kingdom here on the earth. Well, none of those nations symbolized by those animal symbols were on the earth at the time when the Apostle Paul was speaking in 1 Thessalonians 5. So he was saying, man and brethren, it's no need that I write you right unto these things. The Lord's going to come as a thief in the night. There's many things you don't understand and you can't understand. However, when he goes to talking to us, when I look back at Daniel 7 and I say, okay, what are the modern day nations that are symbolized by those animals? The lion with Great Britain, the eagle's wings, the United States, uh, the bear, Russia, the, um, the Great Britain, the mouth of the lion, uh, and the tin horn beast, the current European Union, then I can say, hold on a minute. I understand that those beasts, are, those nations are supposed to be here at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So it helps me because I can understand the writings of Daniel, Zechariah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and the writings of Jesus, the Apostle Paul, John, and many others. Now that we can tie all of them together, Michaela, I can see the big picture of prophecy, the entire scope of it, and say, oh my goodness, I finally understand this stuff. And um, we can interpret the prophecies of the Bible to know that we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. 
So 1 Thessalonians 5 would be a, uh, one great example of what you're referring to is that 2,000 year jump. And then there are many others. The, the reformation of the, the rebirth of the nation of Israel in 1948, the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire, many, many different ones uh, that we could look to, uh, the establishment of a world government, a world religion, a global economic sanctioning system, many of them that show us we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. That answer your question? So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. All right. All right. Well, yeah, hey, right. God I'll bless you, go my now. friend. It was so good being with you on the trip. Hopefully you can make yeah. it again with us. So everybody knows Michaela was on this recent trip with us in Israel where we got stuck there during when Israel declared a state of war because Hamas invaded in the south. She sat right in the seat right behind me on the bus all through the trip. We all became really a big family because we were stuck there together and we made it out and uh, Michaela was one of our troopers that was there with us. So, uh, Michaela, thank you for the call. God bless you and thank you for listening. Yeah, God bless. All right, God bless my friend. Okay, let's go to uh, Brenda in Arkansas. God bless Brenda. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hello, Dave. First of all, I want to say I'm so thankful that you and Michaela and Janet and all your Tour group and your family got home safe and sound. I prayed earnestly for you. Thank you so much. I certainly appreciate it. And I cannot tell you how much that first bite of Mexican food was when I got back. It was awesome. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Amen. I understand perfectly. Yes. So my question is not in regard to what you're talking about today, but I've been wondering it for months. And sure. And so I just want to ask, um, you know, in the Garden of Eden, we had perfection. And then Satan tempted Eve and then Adam. Yes. So during the 10,000-year reign here on Earth, I didn't realize until I was listening to your studies mm -hmm. that there's going to be mortals and immortals on Earth during that millennial reign. Yes. What is to keep temptation from entering there? Right. So In the interaction of the mortals and the immortals. Do you have a clue? Well, so there the Bible says in, in uh, Isaiah that there will be sinners on the earth during the millennial reign. The Bible says a sinner dying at 100 years old will be considered but a child. So there will be sinners here. However, the, the, the way the earth is now, Satan is the god of this age and the god of this world. And most of the world serves Satan, not God. But during the millennial reign, it's going to be flipped. Most of the world is going to serve God and, and not Satan. And so there will be sinners here. Um, and there will come a time at the very end where Satan will be loose to go out to tempt people again. So it will, you know, somebody who's a true Christian uh, would not fall to the temptations of Satan at that point. But there will be people that, that do. And so there will be sinners, sinners who will never be converted. And I, I honestly, you know, how is that possible with God reigning with a rod of iron and the saints ruling, reigning as kings and priests with him for the thousand year period? You know, it seems almost impossible, but the Bible tells us that there will be a segment of people that remain sinners all the way throughout. Um, can I explain why? I'm not sure I can. Uh, I just know that it is in some people's heart to not serve the Lord. So there will be mortals that are allowed to live into the millennial reign. 
Some of them will never be saved. It appears that some of them will be. Um, and so the Bible is kind of, uh, when it comes to the millennial reign, there's not much detail. And so I can only give you so much of a scriptural answer, Brenda, and then the rest of it, we simply have to make sure we're ready to go in the rapture so I don't have to worry about some of it, right? So that's my goal. Um, and does that help you out? It does. Yeah, but good. What I'm saying is this, Dave, this has not been a picnic, and I don't want to go through this again. Right. <laughs> Amen. No, I totally agree so, with you. But the uh, thing is, Brenda, if, if once we're raptured, then we are immortal, and we will reign, rule and reign as kings and priests with Jesus Christ for the thousand years. Once you're raptured, your, your, your eternal salvation is set from then on. You don't even, once the people that are raptured don't even stand before God at the great white throne judgment. We will be there judging others. And so my goal right now is to prepare myself for the rapture, prepare my friends, family, my sphere of influence, and everybody I can get my hands on, and that's the goal. Everybody under the sound of my voice needs to be prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Make sure you're born again and you're ready to go and then become an ambassador for Jesus Christ in the earth and make sure everybody you get your hands upon is ready to go. And that's the goal in all of it. Once you do that, then the people that live as mortals into there, then we'll have to see how God has established all of that and how it's all going to run during that time, all I can do is I still have a finite mind, Brenda, and some things we'll never understand until we get there. Uh, but I do understand what's going on in this dispensation, and I have to be born again, and so do you. Yeah, and I am. Good. Yeah, sometimes when I become anxious and, and think, what in the world? Because, you know, God has the power to get rid of Satan right now. Mm -hmm. And when you see what's happening in Israel with all the babies being beheaded and everything, you think, why is this being allowed? And I just try to say to myself, this is God's script. Right. You, know, you just got to follow it. It's his script. Amen. That's uh, what we're doing. Well, I sure do appreciate you and Doug, and you do a fantastic job uh, guiding us. It does give me peace uh, whenever I hear you explain current events. Yes. Because otherwise we'd be stumbling through this blindly. Oh. And it's... Uh, Thank you so much for all that you do. Okay, Brenda. Well, I do thank you for the call, my friend. And again, everybody, that's the thing with Bible prophecy is that it gives me such a sense of peace. I, I know people, most people look at it through apocalyptic eyes, and there are some things that will happen. But the thing is, when I've got my hands in the Lord's hand, you know, the apostles, everything they did while they were here on earth, they were not in fear mode. They, they did not fear. Even though things were happening to them, they would be brought before the magistrates, beaten, their backs beaten, put in jail. We told you not to teach in the name of Jesus Christ. They would get out of jail and go right back up to the synagogues preaching again, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. But we think, oh, I, I, uh, you know, I had a flat tire and I'm going through the great tribulation. Come on. You knew those tires were bald. Satan didn't do that and God didn't do that. That's your fault. We're going to have Christians go through things. That's just part of life. And there will be some things that happen in the future. But I'm telling you, when I understand the prophecies of the Bible, it gives me a sense of calm and ease knowing that God is helping navi us navigate these times just ahead. It's really, really helped me. 
One of the things that you can help with a peace of mind, you remember when we went through the COVID situation? When we, had, when we went through the, the first time COVID hit, we were in Plymouth, Michigan. We came back, and I told my wife, I said, you know, I don't know how this is going to go down, but we might have stopped by Kroger's on the way home. I'm telling you, it looked like Vietnam hit in there. There were people cutting skids of stuff open to get at the toilet paper. I thought, what in the world? They were clearing the shelves out. And this was the very first weekend that it hit, way back in early, early 19, early, early 2020. Well, be prepared for that. I've got some foods, that 25-year food stored up, and I don't have to rush to the store if something happens immediately. And that's, let me talk to you about Ready Pantry. As Americans, obviously, we, we want to believe that the grocery stores are always going to be full. And, you know, but as we saw a few years ago, and I, we all lived through that, the supply chain could quickly collapse, food supplies could diminish, and we need to prepare, pray for the best, but we got to prepare for the worst, right? I mean, what if there was a way to have an affordable three-month emergency supply of food? Think about that. Well, there is. Readypantry.com slash endtime offers an amazing 25-year shelf-stable food, and it includes meals for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and even a dessert. And not to mention the peace of mind you get knowing uh, that you have an emergency supply of food ready for anything. You don't have to run out and kill yourself or somebody else trying to get some food in, the, in a mess of all that. It was nuts when we walked in Kroger's that night. I mean, I, I thought, man, this, you know, it looked like just complete anarchy. Think about power outages, any kind of a catastrophe, hurricanes, a grid collapse. Uh, like, remember what happened in Texas last winter or maybe up in Ohio? Rolling blackouts, uh, like consider California. And war, I mean, the list goes on and on. But Ready Pantry is an America-based company with all products sourced here in America, and you're not going to be disappointed. Many long-term food storage companies um, on the Internet, are, they're selling products that have been sitting in a warehouse up to like 10 years. But Ready Pantry is delivering the freshest product that was packaged within a couple months and being delivered to your home. And Ready Pantry is offering discounts of up to 20% off of, um, for their three to 12 month supplies, go to readypantry.com slash endtime, use code endtime and save an additional 10% off your order, plus free shipping on all orders. Stock your pantry with a, a buy now, pay later option that's available at checkout by going to readypantry.com slash endtime. Say, why are you guys doing these commercials, these spots? Folks, they help endtime. My father-in-law would be happy that we have the opportunity to partner with some people because the more funding we get in here, the more we can get on more networks and reach more people and do stuff on networks overseas and just expand the ministry. And so I'm happy to do it. It's actually pretty cool. And if we support these people, they're supporting us in return. And so go buy some products, check it out. And uh, you're helping to support the ministry. And it's a great thing for everybody. It's a win-win. Uh, so. Looking forward to getting right back to the calls when we get back from the break. God bless. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment 
of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 Endtime. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody. And <clears throat> certainly happy to hear Michaela's voice that was on the tour with me and Somebody else that was on the tour with us that uh, was baptized out in the Mediterranean Sea and was moved on by God in a great way. Her name is Cheryl. And Cheryl, God bless. Wow, I'm happy to hear your voice back on the End Time Show. Uh, Dave, it's great to talk to you. And yes, I was certainly blessed on that trip. There's no question. Amen. We definitely feel the move of God in the Mediterranean Sea, that's for sure. Yes, and we also found a shard of evidence from the first temple era in our dig, so that was awesome. That's right, that's <laughs> right. You, you, that's right, we were at the same table and we found yes. that uh, piece of tile. Incredible. Yes. That was Absolutely awesome. incredible. Amen. So, so um, anyway. You guys, so how can I help you today, Cheryl? Well, I have one comment to make, and then I have a question for you. Sure. And the comment has got to do with um, Matthew 24, uh, verse 19, where it talks about um, how dreadful it will be for pregnant mothers and nursing mothers during okay. um, after the abom abomination of desolation. Yes. And I'm just thinking that after what we just heard about the atrocities that happened in the Gaza area yes. with those babies and, and, you know, that mother that had that tragic incident where the baby was ripped out of her. Yes. That it's just going to be a taste of how bad that's going to be, and it, you know, turns my stomach. Amen. So um, with that said, though, my question has to do with the seven um, biblical feasts. Yes. Um, they talk about, or I've heard that the seven feasts, are types and shadows of things to come when they were given, I believe, it by Moses in the desert. Mm -hmm. And that the first four feasts, which were Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits, and the Feast of Pentecost, were all fulfilled with Jesus' his first coming. Yeah. And then it's um, supposedly types and shadows of... Um, the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, yeah. and then uh, Yom Kippur, and um, the Feast of Tabernacles yeah. in the fall. Yes. 
that those will be fulfilled with Jesus's second coming. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts or comments on that? Yeah, so I do not claim, nor did my, nor did Irvin Baxter, to know how the last three would tie in specifically with the second coming, the, the dates and everything that people try to attach to them. That's why right. I specifically stick with the events that are laid out in Scripture. Now, the, the second coming could, uh, the rapture, the second coming and different events perfectly align up with these. And some people think they have that figured out. I don't claim to, f to have that figured out, nor did my father-in-law. The, right. what we simply do is, I know that the, from the Old Testament prophets to Revelation 22, that God gives us a timeline of events to follow. I stick to that timeline of, of events like to, with super glue, because I know <laughs> and I can prove them and I can document them. When you right. get to these different feasts, I've heard people try to document them and then try to, to say, well, on a certain date, this is gonna happen, and, they, and when you do that, Man, and when it doesn't happen, then you can lose a lot of credibility really fast. So I don't do that I try, because I can't, I can't specifically prove things. Then what I do is I try to stay with the events that are laid out in Scripture, uh, which are easy to understand and to be able to document. Those are the things because I cannot specifically tie the events in the future to these and be able to document that. So I simply try to steer clear of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Just curious on your thoughts about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, believe me, I've looked at it backwards and forwards. My father-in-law did too long before I ever tried to do it. And we simply couldn't come up with something solid that says, okay, here's what's going to happen here, this. And, uh, you know, he may come on um, the Feast of Trumpets and, and or, and then, you know, this. And, but for me to be able to try to tie him in perfectly and document it and say, yes, I will put this in black and white and publish it. We simply have not been able to do that, and so um, that's, but, but there is um, the timeline of events that are laid out very clearly that I can do that with, and so that's what we teach. We teach what we know, Cheryl, and then I got to right. say the rest of it is either I don't know or we're speculating. Yep. Do you think that he did fulfill the first four feasts? It appears that he did, Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, but and, so and but however, that he could fulfill the others. Yeah. So here's the thing with that, Cheryl, is that I know that because I can look back on them and say, right. here's what happened here, here, and here. A lot of people want us to look forward and say, okay, here's how the next three are going to be laid out. And I'm not so sure that I could do that at this point, having studied it, but I still haven't come to a conclusion. Nor did my father-in-law, and so. Uh, again, we may have to live through those to be able to look back. Maybe it's in the millennial reign. We can look back and say, Cheryl, guess what? Here was, here was the last three. <laughs> but at this point, I don't think anybody could have prior to the first four. They prophesied about them, but they couldn't right. have said, okay, here's how it's going to, you know, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on, uh, uh, on the, the Pentecost is going to happen in an upper room. And the, no, nobody could have done that. They knew it was right. coming but they didn't know about the specific, how the specific fulfillment would be carried out. Well, I think that's may what, that may be how it is with the last three. Um, so some of these things we're simply going to have to live through before we can nail them down. And at that point, again, that, that's what I got to go with because I'm not so sure that anybody can. I've, I've heard a lot of people try, 
Right. But I, it's not something that I would um, necessarily right. agree with fully. Let's put it yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I wasn't really trying to pin it down to a certain day or year. Or anything, right. Right. But just whether or not it, you know, that that might be likely to be the you know chain of events that will happen when he returns the second time. Yeah, and that's why I said, Cheryl, it absolutely yeah. could. But as far as me being, uh, so I'm looking at something in the future, and. Um, the Bible's not real crystal clear on how it is played out. And so at this point, I've got to say, you know, I, I simply, I'm not sure I can give you a conclusive answer. Sure. Yep. Well, thanks for taking my call. And Absolutely. God bless you and God bless Jana. We couldn't have been in better hands over in Israel. And it's, a, I just, it's still surreal to me. I can't believe how calm and, um, you know, just filled with God's spirit. We all felt during that difficult time, but it was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank uh -huh. you so much for everything you both did and our tour guide and driver as well. Absolutely. Well, God bless you, my friend. I'm happy to hear your voice and I hope you guys are all getting acclimated back to society here, but yeah, uh, we jet lagged ourselves. I'm <laughs> telling you, we, I, me and my wife hit the Mexican restaurant on the way home from the airport uh, <laughs> because I was just, I was so full of falafel uh, when we came back, I, I couldn't even walk. But um, yeah. anyway, I get you. Yeah, it was a great trip, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. No, and uh, maybe it, well. maybe if this Israel stuff calms down, we'll go back in the spring. I don't know. We've got a yeah. we got a ton of people that are wanting to go with us, but you know, obviously right. Hamas threw a, a, a wrench in the transmission of that. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. God, All right, God bless. bless my friend. Bye okay. Bye. Let's go to uh, Roosevelt here in Texas. God bless Roosevelt. Welcome to the End Time Show. Well, bless you, Pastor Dave. We are so happy to have you back on U.S. soil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen, uh, my friend. Roosevelt Shields II. I, yeah. I don't know if you remember me. Uh, Pastor Irvin introduced us there at the headquarters yeah. some uh, maybe a year before he transitioned. Yes. And and we had a great time visiting with you, and, and I know your your wife, Kara, we, we've talked several times. Just want you to know, brother, we've been praying for you, uh, you and, and the team, and, and I know so many of the, the workers there uh, at End Time, at headquarters. But while you all were in Israel, we were, our church were praying for you 20 Four, seven. Uh, thank you. And just want just want you to know that uh, you you have a family. Uh, as as Mom says, we're all a part of the family. Yeah. <laughs> and, Amen. Uh, and 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 so we just want you to know, family takes care of family. Amen. And family surely prays for family. Yes. Uh, all the time, and especially when 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 they're in a situation like you all were. Yes. So we we were. Uh, had the same blessed assurance that you did yes. that God would keep you all safe and bring you home. There, there was no doubt in our mind about that. And so, just want just want to continue to encourage you. Yes, thank uh, you. To keep doing what you're doing. Amen. And 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 have no fear. Uh, keep that holy boldness, and and know that that uh, as 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 God passed you the torch. From Pastor Irvin, just yes, just continue to run with it. Yes, sir. And don't let it don't let it ever go out. Amen. Just wanted to encourage you with those words. But I do have a question. Yes, sir. Do you believe in any way 
that Ezekiel 36, 37, 38, and 39, that prophecy ties into where we are right now, especially with this war. Well, um, so Ezekiel 37, the Valley of Dry Bones, that's the gathering back together of the nation of Israel after the, right. ba after the Battle of Armageddon. And then, Correct. however, the Bible says uh, at the end of chapter 37 that, that they would be in their land forevermore. And that really helped right. me when I was in uh, Israel, stuck there during a time of a, a declared war because I knew Israel's going to be there forever. They're never going to be driven out of that land that's never going to be destroyed. So that helped me. However, Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 is the Battle of Armageddon. A lot of people right. like to try that into, and I'm not saying this is what you're doing, but tie that into the Six Trumpet War, but those are two separate wars. So right. as far as what's going on here um, currently, it really gives, you know, I think it could lead to the Sixth Trumpet War, which would be Revelation 9. Now, again, I'm speculating here. I want everybody to know right, right up front, I'm speculating. It could lead to the Sixth Trumpet War, but we speculated that ISIS and what they were doing could lead to the Sixth Trumpet War. I want everybody to know that. This could uh, fire up and then, you know, like everything else, it could die down, let's say, six months or a year from now. And then uh, maybe, you know, come back into play uh, two or three years from now. I don't know how this is going to play out, although I know that this is the worst terrorist attack Israel has ever um, faced in, the, in their history. So they are certainly going to rearrange uh, Gaza. They're never going to allow Hamas to raise their head back up in there. Uh, so it's a, it's a totally different dynamic than what was happening with ISIS uh, a few years ago. So um, certainly I don't really see specifically other than the mention of Ezekiel 37 how it complained to right now. I know Ezekiel 38 and 39 is the Battle of Armageddon, which is at least seven years away. It's at the end right. of the Great Tribulation. However, something right. we could be facing is the Sixth Trumpet War. Well, now, in, in that lining up with the Sixth Trumpet War. Yes. So where, where in, where, you know, because, you know, the Bible says line upon line, precept upon precept. Yes, sir. And it all is leading to it. Yes. And that, how, what, what, you know, what, what Pastor Irvin had taught us for years, where could we see on God's timeline yes. where this might fit and leading to yes. the Sixth Trumpet War? Well, so if you look at the final seven years, and I, I tell you what, Roosevelt, I am, we're coming up to a break here, and I don't want to cut this answer short. So let me, let me get, can you hold over the break? Sure. Okay. Hold over the break, and I'll go straight back to you, and we'll answer this question of where this war is on the timeline. Because if this war has not already begun, it's the next thing to, well, probably the next thing to be fulfilled on the timeline. So we'll get to that right after the break. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is.
time is not going anywhere. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Okay, let's go. I'm going to go straight back to Roosevelt here. And I do apologize for uh, cutting in on you there, my friend. The, so when we look at the Sixth Trumpet War, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, and the timeline of events that have been laid out in Scripture, the first five of those trumpets have already occurred. I want you to understand the timing of this. It's a 2,000-year-old prophecy. John gave it when he was exiled out on the Patmos. Revelation chapter 9, of a, of a seven trumpets. It's part of the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation. The reason that we talk about the sixth trumpet, Doug, myself, Vince, all the time, is because the first five of those trumpets have already occurred. The first trumpet, and look at the timing of all of this. The first trumpet, which this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy, the first trumpet was World War I, 1914 to 1919. The next was World War II. That was uh, 1938 to 1945. The next was the, the third trumpet was the Chernobyl nuclear accident in 1986. So you see how close they're getting. The, it was uh, April 26, 1986. The fourth trumpet was the speeding up of time with the process of globalization with the tearing down of the Berlin Wall. That was 1989. And then the fifth trumpet was 1991 with Saddam Hussein, the Iraq War. So you can see. The first five trumpets have occurred within just over the last 100 years. Now we have the sixth trumpet, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. That's World War III. And then, so we speculated for years. What would be, what would come first, the peace agreement or the war? We didn't know which one. Think about this, Roosevelt, and I just talked to our staff about this today in, the, in our prayer meeting. The... We have never, we, we speculated, it was our opinion that the war would happen first, then the international community, because there would be such a cry for peace, the international community would look at Israel and the Palestinians and say, okay, we're done with this conflict, you guys are going to sign a peace agreement whether you want to or not, that would start the final seven years. Think about this though, now the scenario that we're presented with is that the Israelis and the Palestinians, or, or I should say Hamas and the, and the Israel are going at it. What if, and again, everybody, I want you to know, capital S, this is speculation. What if that is the event 
that leads to the war, and then on the other side of the war, because this is the event that led to the war, on the other side of World War III, the international community would look at Israel and the Palestinians in that region right in there and say, okay, you guys started this war, now it, we're, we're done, and then use that as the catalyst that would launch us into a peace agreement situation that would start the final seven years. What if the peace agreement and the war happens simultaneously uh, or just right on the back of each other, um, it really could make for, I mean, it really could be a fulfillment of Bible prophecy um, and, and, and show us how all this stuff come to pass. So it's something that we're looking at, but the, it, the peace agreement and the, the Six Trumpet War are the next two events to occur on God's prophetic timeline. Once the peace agreement signed that has the five biblical characteristics, We've got seven years left to the rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ. So certainly I'm always watching the Middle East region. Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates for the kill a third of all of mankind. Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran are all involved in one way or another. Turkey is a, a, a um, supporter of Hamas. And then right. we've, had, we've had people that are involved in the... the um, different terrorist factions shooting um, drones and things at our U.S. military bases in Syria and Iraq. And then, of course, Iran is a funder of Hamas. So they're all involved in this world war. So on the, on the timeline, the war and the peace agreement are the next things to be fulfilled if the war hasn't already begun. Right. But let me ask you this. It, it, in, in, in your wildest imagination, do you think there's any way that the peace treaty could happen before the war? Would, wouldn't it be logical that the war is what pushes or forces the signing of the peace treaty? Yeah. No, it, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It has always been our opinion that, the, yeah. and again, again, opinion, everybody, that the war right. would right. happen first. And then the, on the heels of that war, that's going to be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. Nations will be willing to yield up their sovereignty to a world governing body. And the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many for a seven-year period. That has always been our opinion how it would lay out. But because I cannot prove that conclusively scripturally, Roosevelt, I've had to say gotcha. that the war happens either before or after the peace agreement. But it's always been my opinion that it would happen first. And, and it was my father-in-law's before me that the war would happen. Right. And then, then, because it's highly unlikely that you would get a peace agreement signed between the Palestinians and the Israeli, Israelis, and then war breaks out in the Middle East while, the, while they're building out. their third right. temple. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, so it, I, I totally agree yeah. with your assessment there. And I think, you know, I think we can say that it's highly likely that it'll play out like that. But again, at this point, my friend, it is, it is my opinion. Right. Yes. One last question. Yes. Has there ever been a time before now when this alignment has been where Russia and China has been in this relationship as they are with right now with Iran and Turkey? Has there ever been a time where all of this alignment has been there leading up to this? Um. I think the Russia, China, Iran, Turkey axis has been there for years. 
Uh, Iran was, uh, uh, Rus- uh, China just signed that 25-year economic military pact with Iran several years ago. Russia has right. always been in cahoots with Iran. And, um, uh, well, I should say, up until recently, we were an ally of, or uh, Israel was an ally of Turkey, but now Turkey wants to overtake Israel, and, and now they're aligning right. with Iran and different things. So it has, it has, it has been there. Um, it, is it like it is now? Um, maybe not, because I know Iran has been helping give Russia drones to help fight Ukraine. So it may be, yeah. it may be increased at this point. I just know that because the entire Middle East is rising and this Islamic faction is the green horse. The green horse is the last spirit to rise in the earth just prior to the, that's, re, that's the uh, fourth horse in the book of Revelation 6, 6, 8. That's the last spirit to rise before the great tribulation. It appears that everything is lining up perfectly for this war to occur. And if this is not the war, then, I mean, it's got to happen sometime really soon because all everything's <laughs> aligned up perfectly for it. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely, I agree. but brother Dave, yes, want you to know we're, we're with you. I, I, I teach a lot of you of, of end times material. Have yeah. been doing it for years. Uh, I'm a student of end times. Again, Pastor Irvin was my mentor. Yes, sir. And I'm with you, 250 percent. Awesome. Well, I do thank you for that, my friend, and thank you for your words of encouragement. And um, you said keep up the holy boldness. If God will be our helper, and I, and honestly, my friend, that's what we had over there in Israel. I, I preached yep, the word I of God. I preached the word of God uh, and the, the born-again plan of salvation, and I had people coming to my wife. I had a lawyer on the trip with me, and he said, he said, Jana, he said, promise me one thing, that Dave will baptize me and my son before we get on that plane. And I told him, I said, look, I... I don't know where we're going to do it, but we'll do it. And I baptized 18 people out in the Mediterranean Sea. My guide has been guiding for over 30 years, and he said, I've never, I've never been a part of anything like this out here in the Mediterranean Sea. He said, this is, un, this is awesome. So I think God was moving. He's opened many doors since then because I was on tons of radio television interviews because we were the last ones there. I've been on some since. He's opened many doors and... The, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians that even though I'm in my chains, I'm okay with it. I'm okay to suffer it w- if it will help propagate the gospel and Jesus Christ will be preached. And that's the way I look at the tour. As long as Jesus Christ was being preached and it opens doors to us to share the gospel, I would go do it again tomorrow. And because of day, because you are willing to operate in faith, and not in fear. That's why God has opened those doors for yes, you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because you were willing to operate in faith and not in fear, knowing that Jesus is your keeper. Amen. God opened those doors because you were the only one there, and people wanted people who were on the ground. Yeah. So, again, encouragement to you, my brother. Thank you, my friend, and God bless you, and thank you for the call. All right, let's go to Susan right here in Texas. God bless Susan. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am, I can. I'm just pulling. I'm just pulling up to my house. Okay. Um, 
Let me just get in here, and then I can switch up speaker on my phone and turn the radio off. Okay. Sorry. Uh, all right. Um, so, Susan, I got about four minutes left, and so if you okay. could just, just ask me your question, and then I'll get to you as quick okay. as I can. Well, what happened yesterday, I was on my way home, and I just had a thought come in my head, and I believe it was from God, and it was about the, the ribs and the bear uh-huh. in, uh, in uh, Daniel 7-5, I believe. Yes. And it came to me, and it was like support. The ribs support your body. And to me, the ribs, what, what popped in my head was support. And it, it all clicked together that the three kingdoms that are in the mouth of the bear are supporting the bear, but he's got them by the mouth. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm all Does ears. <laughs> it just... Because the ribs, you can't ha- you can't support your body without your ribs. Right. You would fall over. Right. And the ribs, to me, it, it popped in. It just for yeah. support for for um, Russia, I guess. Right. Because he, he's the bear, and yeah. the three kingdoms, he's got them. He, they have to support him because he's got them by the yeah. So uh, I in his mouth. yeah, I think Susan that. The, the, the three ribs in the mouth of the bear in Revelation 7-5 is something, another instance where we're going to have to live through that to look back and say, okay, this is what it was. At this point, I'm not sure I can give a conclusive answer of what that was. Maybe what you're saying is exactly true. I'm not sure. But at this point, I think it's something that we'll have to live through to look back and say, okay, the three ribs were this, this, and this. At this point, I'm not sure that any of us have a conclusive answer for that. Uh, but... I do thank you for the call. I thank you for your thoughts. Man, I hate to leave everybody else on the line. I've got a full bank of callers, but I want to say God bless each and every one of you. Looking forward to diving straight back into it on Monday. Y'all have a great weekend. God bless. And man, I am happy to be home from Israel, but certainly pray for Israel.